This episode is sponsored by the Augustine Institute. The Augustine Institute exists to help Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Through initiatives like Amen, Formed, the Graduate School of Theology, Word of Life, and others, the Augustine Institute forms Catholics for the new evangelization, intellectually, spiritually, and pastorally, to renew the church and transform the world for Christ. The Augustine Institute's always free Catholic app, Amen, leads people deeper into prayer with guided meditations, sleep stories, the rosary, and much more. The Augustine Institute School of Theology equips thousands of students, like myself, Sister Miriam James Heidland, Leodero, and other notable alumni to know and live their faith in all aspects of their lives. I had an amazing experience in the Augustine Institute finishing my master's degree in theology. Applications for the 2024 spring and fall semesters on campus or online are now open. Millions of Catholics and their families are growing their faith at home and in their parishes with Formed, which is the Augustine Institute's premier streaming service for Catholic movies, children's programming, audio dramas, books, and more. And the Word of Life religious curriculum makes catechesis fresh and exciting so kids can grow up with a faith they'll keep for life. As Catholics, God calls you to understand, live, and share the faith. Learn more about how the Augustine Institute can support you by visiting AugustineInstitute.org. The link is in the show notes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie Angel, and today I'm with my good friend, Claire Couchy. You might know her from Finding Philothea on Instagram, and we went to Instagram and asked what questions you would want answered. And oh my gosh, I received so many good questions. We only have so much time for, I was thinking like, what are the ones I would love to talk to Claire about? And then I have like other people that are coming up on the podcast to talk about some other things like dating, um, NFP, you know, all the good stuff. So, but there were great questions, you guys, we will answer those in future. So thank you. If you submitted questions, thank you for doing that. But Claire, Hey. hey. Okay. By the way, if you guys don't know, we're like neighbors. Like we, <laughs> yes, yes, we're here daily almost. Yeah, uh, almost. every other day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's so good to do this with yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, you. There was a time when Mike was traveling to like London for a couple, to quite a while, and so I was like, we will get you through this and have you over. We will be every day because I know how they hard got that me is. Through. So my husband Mike, he went for a month or so plus and thank you session is to go a little closer to a mic yeah. <laughs> so my husband mike he went talking about the mic went um <laughs> to england for like over a month and they got me through yeah you guys and they're amazing what you see like they're an amazing family oh, thank thanks. god for you guys so are you guys and, and we love food so that's our love language it is food. our love language and um i I'm just so grateful that I can cook things and have someone else enjoy them besides Bobby because my kids, half of my kids are like, oh, I like this. And half are like, ew, it's disgusting. So She's an amazing chef. It's amazing. I'm like, let me be the guinea pig. I will happily be yeah. the guinea pig. But when you talk about like, let's do butternut squash risotto with whatever sage, uh, you know, I know that like, even if my kids don't like it, I can cook it and I can make you guys eat it. And we'll so. love it. Anyway, and we'll eat it happily. Okay, so I want you to share maybe just like a little testimony, um, and even why you started finding Philthea. What does that even mean? Because some people don't even know where that comes from. So I'm Claire Couchy. I am a Catholic wife and mother. I studied history and theology at Franciscan University of Steubenville before 
becoming a nurse, an oncology nurse on a bone marrow transplant floor. And then I became a stay-at-home mother. And during that time is when I started finding Philothea. And our patron is St. Francis de Sales. And he would write letters to the faithful and he would call them Philothea. And that just struck my heart because his mission was all about ministering to the laity, something that was rare during that time period. And he really stressed that universal call to holiness, something I just feel so called to, especially this day and age where mothers and fathers and children can strive for sanctity and sainthood. And it's a reality that they can achieve that goal. So we started, my husband and I, finding Philothea, and it's all about finding the one who loves God. That's what it translates to, Philothea. Mm -hmm. So it's all about finding the one who loves God first and foremost in ourselves, and then Mike and I, my husband, one another, and then within our community and encouraging one another. So with that, we really focus on beauty and mercy and joy because that has helped me personally find my true self and the one who, who loves God. Yeah. So I, you do, you, you okay. evangelize through beauty and Thank you. because beauty, who said it? Beauty will save the world. Was that Dostoevsky? Dostoevsky. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Beauty will save the world. And I just think like, I love one of my favorite stories is Scrooge, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Christmas Carol, because I think to me, one of the most beautiful things is seeing conversion. Definitely. That's one of the best storylines ever, right? The beauty, mm -hmm. the story of a soul going from a dark, like, you know, a soul of sin to this letting the light, like mm -hmm. Jesus's light come in. It's so true. And heal that soul, convert that soul. You know, it's like, it's like um, in first John, you know, that we cannot walk in darkness. We, we need to walk in the light with it's Jesus, true. right? So that's one of the best. So beauty will save the world because the beauty of a soul, a conversion of a soul, so the true. beauty, but even the beauty of a smile, mm -hmm. the beauty mm -hmm. of, um, I mean, I love interior design. I love beauty. I love exactly. seeing houses in my own home go from being ugly mm -hmm. to beautiful. It's true. Um, even, and I do it on the cheap, like I, what, whether it's cheaper or not, like I just like yeah. seeing something that's go to being beautiful. That it, transformation. Yeah. It is. Beauty is gentle yeah. and transformative. Yeah. It, and beauty has saved me so many times. It's that a beautiful smile or, or a comment or um, an interior design that just draws me, especially in our world can get dark. And it's yeah. that beauty that is so gentle. Yeah. That, that is... It's, it's, yeah, transformative, like you said. Because it, just in case, if people don't know... Beauty, truth, and goodness are the three transcendentals, right? They draw us to God because God is the fullness. Mm -hmm. He is truth, beauty, and goodness. He's the fullness. So when we see beauty, it even if it's someone who is an atheist, even if it's someone who doesn't know God, when they see something beautiful, it stirs something within it them, does. right? That eros, eros is not just sexual. Love. It's it's actually like a an awakened, like a beauty. Like, wow, when you see a sunset, like... Ooh, a beautiful sunset, it's sunrise, true. a beautiful flower. We just went to the Arboretum, the mm -hmm. Dallas Arboretum, which is absolutely stunning. It's like, how can there not be a God? Like, who painted all this? I who know. made all this? So, 
you love to evangelize through beauty. If you see her Instagram, she evangelizes the beauty of marriage, the beauty of just even loveliness and even how we dress and because you're just a class you're a classy dame thank you you're thank classy you. dame <laughs> thank um, you i just always think i'm like i'm gonna be classy like princess kate you know or just like a, how a style icon for sure yeah, she is just any she of those is. style icons that we all love um whether it's audrey hepburn you know so jackie true. O, like just these the classy um grace kelly mm-hmm. just the beauty it's like wow there's something beautiful and it, exactly. it hopefully draws people closer to God. So I want to hit on some of the questions that we Let's got because um, you already share about some of this stuff on your mm-hmm. Instagram. And just for anyone who doesn't know you, they might be hearing this for the first time. Um, and I was like, you would be great to answer these because you already share them uh, and Perfect. answer these questions. So one of the first ones, we got a couple questions about secondary mm-hmm. infertility, which is something you have experienced, you share about. So can you tell people, maybe if they don't know what that is, could you share what that is? Definitely. So secondary infertility is when you cannot become pregnant or have a full-term pregnancy after trying for one year. So it's been seven for us. And um, like after you've already had. After already having a live birth or live births. Yes. Thank you. That's a big, big thing to include. So my husband and I got married. We went to Lourdes on our honeymoon and we were able to conceive my son like this. But my I had always had irregular periods my whole Mm -hmm. life. Um, And then I was diagnosed within a year after my son's birth with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, and then um, later on with endometriosis. So that was the underlying issue of our secondary infertility, but it has been a cross for sure. And I know a lot of women more and more, I think the statistics change from one in eight couples to one in six couples just within wow. a couple of years that experience infertility. So it I is even in general, in like general, in general. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. So it's a cross, a, a real cross that couples are enduring. And God has worked so much in our marriage and within my own heart with this cross. So I had throughout the years, especially early on, just obsessed about having another baby mm-hmm. and that I was creating an idol of wanting another child. And even like even years ago within the if you had asked me the same question, I'd be teary eyed. It would be hard to even speak about it. Like a deep, a deep, a deep wound, wound that had not been, yeah, been healed yet. Mm-hmm. So even for you to be able to speak about it. There's a lot of healing. Exactly. Not to say that there's not a pain still, but like there's a lot of healing. Healing. God happened. has done so much. And a transformative moment for me in it was was instead of asking God for a baby throughout the day, all all day, some days, I asked for his perfect will to be accomplished mm. in my life. Yeah. So that yeah. was a transformative moment. I want what he wants. And if it is just one child, praise God. If it's more, praise God. And from that moment, I felt a change in my heart that I wanted to accomplish his will instead of creating that idol with a, another baby. And you could say that about anything. That that Very could true. be because anything that is good, something like marriage, mm-hmm. like for all of our single friends who yes. want marriage, marriage is good. But you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It could be instead of doing God's will or wanting relationship with Jesus, it could mm-hmm. be we could the idol of 
I want to be married. I want to be married. And marriage is the thing that we're mm-hmm. all of our energy goes towards. And so even I think just you saying that could help people who make an idol out of marriage, make an mm-hmm. idol out of having babies, because those are good things. Exactly. But if all our focus, and I'm sure there's other things that you guys are probably, you might be thinking about too, like, you know, people are like, oh, I, that's for me too, to hear mm-hmm. that doing God's will is the, like, God, what do you want? for me? How can I love you? How can I love those around you? Right. Um, that's a huge shift. It was. And discovering that our marriage bore fruit in other ways. Absolutely. That, that it wasn't just a child that we could show our love and the fruit of our marriage, but in other ways in service and prayer together there, it, it's a wound that has flowered and that God has healed. And just to see, I know it's part of, our story, our marriage story, and to see God's work in it. And I think just everyone has a cross, whether it's infertility, like Jackie was saying, it could be whatever cross you have. It could be in marriage, like someone has an unfaithful spouse or someone who has an addiction. I mean, there's crosses all over. Exactly. And just instead of, I had a choice, I could run from God Mm. or run towards him and by his grace, I was able to run towards him. And he has just given me resurrection after resurrection in this. It's It's yeah. been a beautiful, but it is a cross. And if, if listeners are experiencing this, I don't want to belittle it either because it's a true cross, but just ask God to be with you. And then for his perfect will to be done in your life, because that, that changed everything within my heart. Yeah. And I, I just want to mention and apologize to anyone who is struggling with infertility because uh, for any of the Catholics who have ever assumed that you are contracepting mm-hmm. ooh, because you have one kid or zero so kids, true. like I, oh my gosh, I've just heard, I've gotten to hear the stories of friends mm-hmm. who have struggled with infertility or secondary infertility, That's the so stories true. of people just again, saying horrible things, um, mm. assuming they were contracepting true. when they weren't. And it's just, it's already painful. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I want to pause. If any of you listening have had that experience, I am so sorry. Man, people, oh, even hearing love- that helps me because I've, I've received that too, or just, um, the comments that big Catholic, good Catholic families are big Catholic families. Yeah. And that doesn't always equate. We we know that. To holiness. To holiness. Big families don't always equal equate. holiness. Exactly. Yeah. Or when are you having your next one? I get that all the time. And it's always older church women, all, all yeah, good hearts. Yeah. But it's to know that your holiness does not equate that the size of your family or children at all. And just to strive towards towards the heights of holiness, wherever God has placed you in whatever situation or cross he has given you. Amen. Amen. I think somebody asked you a question, right, about mm-hmm. sharing about um, <clears throat> if you have a friend who is struggling with infertility and you become pregnant. So I've had this happen where whew, some of my friends had miscarriages, they were trying, mm-hmm. and then I'm getting pregnant. Someone asked you, like, how should someone tell how do you gently say that? Because I know, like, and I even have friends where they've said, like, it's hard to hear when a friend gets pregnant or someone who just got married and they've been married for years and haven't had a kid yet. And they're excited. It's like, you guys, it's okay. I would say it's okay to hold on to It's okay to be sad because that's a part of your story and also be joyful. Exactly. I would 
And just by you asking that question shows the beauty of your heart that you already have that sensitivity. But mm-hmm. our reaction, someone with infertility, secondary infertility, our reaction should should be good. Just say it in joy. Just, just share that news in joy. And that pain may be there, but um, yeah, say it gently, but but share in, in your joy. And one thing that's ha- helped me so much is loving on and leaning in on love with those women who are pregnant, hosting baby showers. I lo- like that has been so healing. And it seems ironic that I, you know, the the temptation is to back away from the pregnant mothers or hearing it, but to lean in with that love helps so much. Yeah. Um, but definitely share that joy, share that joy. And it's natural. Like it, it's a natural thing that, again, if you're struggling with infertility or secondary infertility, that again, when you hear someone's pregnant, you, you're so joy excited for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is a natural like pang of hurt. Mm-hmm. If again, as that wound is continued, mm-hmm. God is continue, continuing to heal that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I would say for, for any, anything, whether it's infertility, marriage, dating, like, just to be always aware of envy not creeping in the soul because envy is such a poison. And I have struggled with envy for different Mm -hmm. things. And envy Mm -hmm. is different than jealousy. We were talking about this the other day. Mm -hmm. Envy is when someone you are sad at someone's like um, rejoicing, like when someone else is blessed or rejoicing and we are Mm -hmm. sad at Mm -hmm. that, at their blessings or when someone else fails or is hurt, we rejoice. That's envy. And it says, mm-hmm. out of envy, they handed Jesus over. Like, ooh, envy is a... So mm-hmm. whatever we're struggling with and we see other people maybe having something we don't have, mm-hmm. just as Catholics, right, we want to be holy, strive for virtue, just always to be aware of ourselves and like, man, is that envy? Do I need to confess that? Like, exactly. has envy creeped in my soul where like, I see someone having something I don't have and I want them to fail, to suffer. Like, exactly. it's evil. It's exactly. evil. So it's natural. I think obviously our first emotions are natural, mm-hmm. right? They're natural if we feel multiple things at the same time. We're complex as exactly. humans. Um, so it's okay to feel like sad. It's okay. It's just, but not to sit in that either. There you go. There's a difference. So the natural emotion is to feel something. Exactly. And then you have your thoughts about those feelings and then you have actions and you can control your thoughts and your actions. You can't control the first feeling. Exactly. So not to sit in it. And so what, what advice would you give, um, like for people who feel that sadness, like Mm -hmm. what would you advise them to do? So one of my favorite all-time philosophers and theologians is Dietrich von Hildebrand, and he's all about responding versus reacting. And Mm. exactly what you were saying, like our reactions, yes, that's okay. But to to always strive for virtue, we're called, we are Christians, Catholics, and, and to strive for virtue, not to sit in the, and Christ has redeemed suffering. There is merit yeah. in suffering. And yep. to realize that we are called to greatness no matter what vocation or state in life we are in. We cannot use infertility as an excuse for lack of holiness. And Oof. so so just to, yes, we can have those feelings. Feelings are beautiful and a gift from God, but they don't always align with goodness or reality. So to 
pray with that, to talk with your spouse, to have a spiritual director, to frequent the sacraments, to have good, holy, upright friends, and then also to delve into family life. Delve in one of the greatest gifts has been your family who has multiple children. So my son, Peter, who is an only child, can experience that gift of family life. Mm. So having that community is essential because it's so tempting to isolate yourself with infertility. And it can be isolating, but to not sit there. Mm, That's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful words. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you another question because we have a lot of really great questions. Okay. So both of us homeschool, (laughs) which I don't know about you, but I growing up would never, ever have thought I would be a homeschooling mom. Both of us were, you went to public school as well, right? Public, a little private, but mostly public. Yeah. I went to public school my whole life. Valedictorian, if you don't know. That's right. I was not homeschool valedictorian. (laughs) She's like, the real deal. Um, class of one. Is that why you're a valid short? No, people. You're so mean. Um, <laughs> no, but we both went to public school. And I think the the stereotype, and probably some people now even think that homeschool kids are just like weird, aren't adjusted society. And I'm personally, I'm like, I don't want them to be adjusted to the society because our society is completely anti uh, so many of the Christian values, like mm-hmm. especially um, I don't. I don't want them to be well adjusted to society. I want them to be adjusted to Christ. Now, not to say you can't do that in a public school setting or in a private exactly. school setting, right? Okay. So, why did you decide? I'll share my side, but I want. I would love mm. to hear why did you guys decide to homeschool? It gave the most peace, and it aligned. I was ready to send Peter to a Catholic. I think it was a co-op twice a week, um, and then COVID hit, and mm. then. We were forced to homeschool and I loved it. And so did he. It was to see, I'll never forget when he started reading and being like, I helped him do that. You know, just that joy and the daily, um, our relationship has, where it, it leads to family orientation, which is such a goal and it can lead to crisis. Um, but it's given the most peace and we take it day by day. We take it year by year. If God is calling us to send him to school next year or in a month, so be it. But right now it's the best fit for our family. I love, um, how fluid it can be too, and how life and the experiences and learning it's not it can't be just sitting at a desk. So sometimes it's a field trip or if it's a nice day, we drop everything and it's such a good fit for our family. What yeah. about you? In Texas, when it's a nice day, which is about <laughs> run. 10 days out of the year, it's like, we're going to the zoo. We are going to the Arbor. Like drop we are going everything somewhere. and run. <laughs> Where it's not 105 or 18 degrees. So yeah. That's true. Okay, so Bobby and I could probably do a whole episode on the homeschooling thing. You but, guys should. Um, because of just where where that even happened but i would say for cuz not everybody can right not it's everyone true. can homeschool. i mean obviously You're some right. people have two parents who um both work or some people are just like there's mm-hmm. no way like i'd be too overwhelmed some personalities are like i'd be it's too overwhelmed so 
But I would say we know friends of all different types of personalities who homeschool, right? Like Definitely. we're part of a co-op that meets, you know, every Friday, really once a month Friday, we have mm-hmm. our academic enrichment days that have science and art and PE. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, there's 70 kids in that and there's women, all different types of women. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. those of us who are not the most organized, um, those of us who, those who are really organized, those who are former teachers, those of us who aren't former teachers. So we decided to homeschool. Well, we knew public school in Cal- when we were in California was not an option mm-hmm. at all, especially mm-hmm. when they were passing in Orange County. Like they were passing things in the school system that were like, you cannot pull your kid out of class if we're going to talk about um, any LGBTQ wow. stuff. Wow. They're like, nope, sorry. You can pull your kid if we're going to talk about like sex ed days, but we're, you cannot take your kid out of class. I'm like, sorry, nope. Wow. Like there were so many things that I was like, no, uh, this should come from us as mm-hmm. parents and the mm-hmm. beauty of sex and the goodness of all that stuff mm-hmm. needs to be learned from the family first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that public school wasn't even an option for us. Mm-hmm. Now, when it came to private school, um, I just kind of thought like we had a friend who said, if you can homeschool, you should mm-hmm. like if you can. You should. And there, and our friend was like really encouraging because he was like, listen, if you have a degree, you are you are more than able to homeschool up to eighth grade. Like if Definitely. you have a college degree. And I would say the cool thing is when you start in kindergarten with a kid, you're relearning with them. It's like fun. guys, y'all it don't is. start math and algebra at a, with the seven. I mean, maybe you had to because you were homeschooling. But with us, we're starting at the beginning. So I'm it's like, amazing. okay, counting to a hundred. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I love math. So I, I'm the one that's like so excited for algebra to come because I like relearning mm-hmm. with, with it's my so kids. True. I, for me, my least favorite subject was like history. Um, my favorite. Yeah. And that's your favorite. Yeah. I loved math and I loved English. I love reading. But those other ones, like science, mm-hmm. I'm like excited to relearn that with my exactly. kids. Exactly. I am too. But for us, I would say the, well, for the private school thing, it was like, listen, we could pay all this money and mm-hmm. still maybe not have, it would have to be a really good private school. Mm-hmm. The other two things, number one, their phone policy. Okay. I don't um, know this. Well, just if I only know once, only a few schools in the country mm-hmm. that don't allow kids to, to have they're like, you can't have a cell phone. Wow. There's a, there's wow. a school in California, a classical school in California. Okay. It's K through 12. No kid is allowed to have a smartphone. They all have to have flip phones or dumb phones. Wow. Okay. Which I think is brilliant because definitely when my friend whose son goes to a Catholic school was like, my kid just had porn shoved in their face Mm-mm. in fifth grade as a 10 year old. I said, heck no. no. Heck no. Like, no. Uh, and, and people might be like, well, you can't you know, keep your kid, whatever, you know, they can't be, there's going to, they're going to see porn at some time. Like, yeah, they will. They might, mm-hmm. they, they probably will. Mm-hmm. And I can prepare them exactly. instead of their friends shoving porn mm-hmm. in their face at 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we can teach them the goodness of the body and the beauty of sex and all that stuff and, and have those mm-hmm. conversations, which we are having and which we will have. Um, but when my friends were telling me that about Catholic schools, wow, wow. It, and I will say being someone in youth ministry, you guys, mm-hmm. guess what? I hear the stories. I, I get do. to hear the stories of the high schoolers who tell me what was shoved in their face. Wow. I have the stories of the middle schoolers and the parents of the elementary school students who are telling mm-hmm. me the horrific things, even in Catholic schools. I believe it. I had a 16 year old girl in front of her mom. Her mom was a youth minister. She was telling me, she's like, oh yeah, the amount of um, pictures of guys Mm-mm. If you hope you don't have little children listening to this right now, but like of guys' penises that have been sent to me wow. on my phone, I was wow. like, "Are you kidding?" 
Like, wow. are you kidding me? That's like sexual harassment. It is. It is. So that was like, we're going to homeschool. But again, our kids are hopefully going to be prepared for the real world by, mm. I really want to tell my children, like, listen, I cannot prepare you fully for the exactly. horrific things that are out in the world because I can't. I just, yeah. even as an adult, I'm still learning it's about horrific still. things that are it happening is. in the world. And I, it's like sickening. And so I'm going to tell my kids, like, listen, I can't tell you all the things. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't prepare you. But, you know, I want you to know the good. This mm-hmm. is the the goal and the call, right? Exactly. And not to come out of fear, but we aren't afraid no, of no, culture no, no, no. at all. No. There are people who do out of fear. fear but we no. do it out of love. Of and love and the beauty of yes. family life. And, yes, to be the primary teachers yeah. and it's just another barrier, you know, a protection to it, yeah. in this day and age. It's not the same when we were growing up at no, all. It is Everyone can same. agree yeah. on that. So I would say for us, and the main thing is flexibility because mm-hmm. I travel mm-hmm. on the weekend sometimes because Bobby and I travel sometimes. It's so cool to be able to be with our kids all day. And it then is. when we're gone, it's not like, mom, I was gone eight hours a day at school mm-hmm. and now you're gone on the weekends. I don't ever see you. They're kind of like, True. hey, mom, we see you all the time. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> It's true. We see you all day, every day. Go ahead. We're having pizza night, you know? So for our family, it really works mm-hmm. really well. But actually, you're reading – You did you finish that book, The Parent? I did. Peer? Tell people about that book if they want to check it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a book. We could link it in the okay, show notes because I don't, I don't remember the author. Gordon someone, but it's all about <laughs> – Gordon somebody. God bless Gordon. God bless you, Gordon. <laughs> But it's all peer orientation versus parent orientation and how our culture is so, and even us as adults, peer oriented versus parent oriented and how the ramifications of that in our society that we children cannot progress mentally, emotionally past their peers um, as teachers. And there's so many- If they're peer oriented. If they're peer oriented. So there's so, and you can just imagine- the, the ramifications of a society like that, and we're living it. So to help cultivate a parent orientation model and relationship, and that's what it really is, a relationship, and to um, create a culture and family life that is parent-oriented because there's so much fruit and beauty in that. And to, it's it's called Hold On to Your Kids. That's the okay, name of the hold book. Hold On to Your Kids. And I even it's just good. cracked it open at your house and I started reading a few pages. He's a psychologist. He is. A Christian psychologist. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And I was like, wow. Like thinking, I grew up in a period. Like I was Definitely. more concerned about what my friends thought exactly. than my parents thought. It's like the eye rolling at the parents. Mm-hmm. It's all the like And I was like, I'd rather hang out with my friends than my family. And the first time I witnessed a family that the kids actually wanted to be with their family more than their friends was shocking to me. It is. I was like, what? Like, that is not how I grew up at Mm -hmm. all. I grew up, yeah, just you want to hang out with your friends more than your family. So when I saw that, I was like, that's so beautiful. I want that for my family. It is. And the beauty when we have a society that is parent-oriented, I think they mention a, a city in France that is still parent-oriented. Mm-hmm. And the the culture that's passed down, the heritage, the wow. beauty, the honoring of, of parents and tradition it, there's a reason that it's beautiful and that we should strive towards it. And he gives tips on if your kids 
aren't homeschooled. Because mm-hmm. obviously when you're when you're homeschooling, that's one of the easiest ways it can be parent-oriented. But he does give advice for if your kids aren't homeschooled, if they're private school or public school, mm-hmm. also how to maintain. Exactly. Yeah, so. I recommend it a yeah. lot. I feel every parent needs to read it, homeschool or not. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we know really great families that they send their kids to private school, mm-hmm. public school. So don't take this as us saying, you have to homeschool your kid. Like, no, you do what is best for your family. Exactly. All the time. You do God's will. You have to always discern what is best for Mm -hmm. your soul and your family. Like Mm -hmm. those, that's the best you can do. And some children need different things. So some may need homeschooling even for a little bit or whatever it is. Yeah. You discern. Yeah. You discern. Yeah. Kind of along with that, somebody asked, um, when it comes to, I love the whole family stuff. Um, I like this question. How do you integrate feast days into family life? And what's your, what are your favorite to celebrate? I mean, I know how you integrate them. I know how we integrate them in our family. I just would love for you to share it with everyone else. How do you integrate feast days? I So one of my fav- favorite saints is St. Therese of Lisieux. And there's a line in Story of the Soul that says, the feast days, how I love the feast days. And I underline that like no <laughs> other because I love feast days and our saints and it it makes the saints have made the faith come alive for me and it's given me so much hope um for heaven and sanctity and that that sainthood is possible and so to celebrate the saints and our lady and jesus um one thing that struck my heart because it's so overwhelming sometimes you see a list of the saints or the liturgical calendar and you're like, where do I begin? So something I love doing is seeing your patron saints of your family, your spouse, yourself, your children, focus on those. And then the major feast days throughout the year, I think are really important to integrate. Um, Kendra Tierney, Catholic All Year, has such good posts about it, her blog, and has a book out, I think it's through Ignatius Press, that I always refer to. But just those little ways, we we do food a lot, especially yeah, our we're families. Like, it's a French saint, let's do some uh, crepes. crepes with, you know, and then, Nutella. <laughs> yeah, like Carlos, exactly. the cutest feast ever, like, we're having Nutella today, because he loved Nutella. So we're food, we're very food-based. Food-oriented. Like, Ooh, an Italian say we're going to celebrate with some pasta. You know, like exactly. <laughs> but even just mentioning, there's another um, podcast called Saints Alive that I love. So just those little ways, even a prayer together as a family, but to mention the saints' names, to go to mass as a family, um, novenas are huge too, yeah, which yeah. are, but even to say a prayer as a family together on your feast day. Yeah, it can be anywhere from some days we just like, let's have some coloring pages for the kids about St. Patrick, you know, or we have books, like obviously some saints have more books than others, like Mm -hmm. St. Patrick has a ton, you know, Um, but just different saints having coloring pages, yeah, going to mass, Mm -hmm. being like, this is one of our favorite saints, Mm -hmm. or um, yeah, your kids, their namesake saint, right? So on St. Zaley's feast Mm -hmm. day, I think it's July 12th, Zaley was so excited to Mm -hmm. go, Zaley's seven and a half, she was so excited to go to mass at, we were at Benedictine College, she's like, today's my feast day, Mm -hmm. and like the priest even said, and we have a Zaley, and she just beamed, she was so happy, like, I can picture it, that's beautiful. Um, So to celebrate, yeah, get cupcakes Mm -hmm. to, like on Mary's birthday, we sing happy birthday, make Mm -hmm. little cupcakes or cake and sing happy birthday. Okay, so what's what are like top? Okay, I'm trying to think. Maybe besides Christmas and Easter, because Christmas mm-hmm. is one of my favorite. What are I like top it. feast days in the year for you? 
Definitely St. Therese, October 1st. I love Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, July 4th. He's so one thing I love. Sorry. <laughs> I just Oh, you tell him, Claire. Opened. You tell him, Claire, what I you said, love. Blessed Pier Giorgio. Okay. So there's 20. <laughs> I don't know where you're going here. I'm thinking, <laughs> no. I'm thinking where you might be, but go ahead. There's a list of 24 saints who died at the age of 24, and they're my absolute favorite saints. Yeah. So St. Therese of Lisieux, Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, St. Kateri Tekawitha, St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrow, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, all died at the age of 24. And something so cool is that I... I discovered Blessed Pier Giorgio, Googled his life, then discovered the list of these saints and started praying for a gift in my 24th year. So if you're almost 24 listening to this, pray for your gift from these saints, these inter from the intercession of these saints. And God gave me the gift of meeting Mike that year when I was oh 24. Gosh, so beautiful. it's so those saints I love so much. I call them my 24-year-old friends and I they're beautiful. So I'd oh. say that list. I, I remember reading Story of the Soul, which is St. Therese's autobiography when I was 19, thinking, I have five years till <laughs> I'm as holy as St. Therese. Well, guess what? It came and went, friends. And I still am working on it. I'm not even close, but she's my friend and she gives me roses. I, I have crazy stories about her giving roses. But anyways. Wow. Yeah, St. Therese is one of she since I was like my conversion at 18, she's been one of my faves. Beautiful. Oh. She's amazing. Yeah. Padre Pio mm. is also one of our faves because he we've done novenas for people through we've done novenas with Padre Pio. Yeah. He gets ish done. Friends. I know he makes moves. Crazy. I'm he not does. I can't say some of the ones that we've done. <laughs> But there are crazy things. It's true. Crazy. And he, he takes people on too because yeah. he shows up in your – once you up. take him on as a patron, he's there. Padre he Pio, sticks around. We love you. We, we love do. You. Okay. I'm going to ask you this question because a couple people asked this question. Mm -hmm. How do you find good mom friends after a move, mm -hmm. which we both moved here from different states? You're from Buffalo, New York. Well, actually, you're from – Upstate Up, New York. Really, like, I like close how people from Canada. Manhattan are like, I'm upstate. I'm like, no, you no, live you an hour outside of Manhattan. Like, you are upstate close to Canada. I could walk to the Canadian border. That's how that close. close. Yeah. You're... Snow six months a year. And then you went to Buffalo. Buffalo for nursing school and then okay. down to Texas. Yeah. So we both moved here, had to find, um, we obviously have our best friends still at home mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure we had a good community here mm -hmm. in Texas. Um, and a couple people said like, one of them said, this is really sad. Like, how do you know if your friends are mean girls and what do you do? And this one mm -hmm. girl was saying, how do I find good mom friends? Because there was a group of mom friends that mm -hmm. kind of were those mean girls. So number one, how do you know if those girls are mean girls? This do they wear pink on Wednesdays? Mm. <laughs> we love so we, we love, love mean girls. We love the movie. Okay. You don't even go here. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> But we're not recommending that no, as a Catholic film. Okay. Do not watch that. No, we are not recommending this as something. But if you want to come over and watch with us. But just to say. Yeah. Okay. So you don't know necessarily. And friendship is taking a chance. It really is. Mm. It's stepping out. You're vulnerable. Yeah. And you're stepping out into the chance that you might be rejected. Oh. You, yeah, you might true. be. It's, it's true. true. But we always have Christ in the communion of saints and good friends are out there. So pray for, number one, I would say pray for a good friend. God yeah. will 
honor and takes delight in that prayer. And then don't settle for for those. Um, I, I would say go to the places where you know good people are. So mass on Sunday. And that might mean, again, putting yourself out there as an introvert. I know that's hard, but it's important. Be the first one. Come off with a smile. Introduce yourself. It's difficult, but you can do it. I promise. If I can, you can do it. So take that chance on other people too. Your heart might be hurt, but know that people are human and that we've hurt people too. But to pray for people, um, good friends to come in your life is number one. Yeah. I, I would say it's it was easy for us to move into a place that had a St. Anne's in Capel mm-hmm. because St. Anne's has so many amazing young families. Um, oh my gosh. Just so many great people. Like it's crazy. Like we go there and it's just the amount of people we see that are young Mm. Catholics who are on fire for their faith and they have men's dad's groups, men's groups. They have Mm. like the homeschool co-op. So true. So what about the people who are in a part of the country Mm. and they're like, my parish is dead. Do you have any, I mean, I know what I would say. I want you to Mm. say first and then I could, but what would you say for those people who are like, I have no young families at my parish what do I do? How do I find good community, good mom mm-hmm. community? So they're there. I promise Create. you need to create the community. That's what yeah. happened to me when I moved from Franciscan University, a huge community-based school, to not knowing anyone in Buffalo, New York. Lonely. I went through months of loneliness and, and God pressed upon my heart create community. And again, as an introvert, you can do this, I promise. Um, And so I started once a week, I found one person and I said, okay, we each have to approach eight people. And we have to, when we meet next week, at least have one other person. And it grew and grew. And that's where eventually I met my husband, Mike, and so many friends and friendships came from that. But have the mindset of creating and cultivating community instead of poor me. I have no one. People are out there, I promise. Um, And it is hard. It does take work, but God will honor that too. I really believe that. I would be the weirdo because I already do this because I like setting people up. So I do this with single people at mass. I'm like looking like, are you a single guy? Because we need more single guys. Like I'm like thinking, who can I set you up with? Like I'm always trying to set people up. But I would do this if I, if we weren't at such an amazing parish, I'd be like ready to have a flyer and be like, I'm having a mom's Bible study. You want to join me? Like, it's so true. I know this sounds ridiculous, but if you are looking for community at your church, there mm-hmm. there might be a couple other people who think the same thing. Like, oh, Definitely. we want community. We want friends. Community online is great, but it always has to become incarnate. Mm-hmm. So even if you have good community of women or moms or whatever online, you have to have things incarnate. We are incarnated people it's like true. reality humans. yeah reality. yeah who are in your daily lives because online you can totally put up a total f- self that's not real like we have seen it's true i mean it's we have it, when you're in person you can see the reality of Definitely. the family the life and and you we need to invite people into that and even if they are being truly themselves it only goes so far and fulfills that longing just to a certain point right, we right. need we need people so Put yourself out there. Yeah. Ask the parish priest, Facebook groups, any anything you know that would 
to touch base with that lead. All you need is one other person. Yeah. And then that spreads, that joy spreads. Yeah. Like I've seen so many young adult groups be formed because one or two people were like, let's just go find them. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in Orange County, it wasn't the diocesan level. It was just like friends of ours who were like, we're going to start this. And hundreds, hundreds, like 500 young adults come in this thing Mm -hmm. because people are like, let's do this. And then you created that group in Buffalo. We're like, let's everyone go find eight people. Exactly. Bring one. And we're going to. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And have food. People love food. Amen. Amen. Always have food. Have food. (laughs) We'll come if you. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, food, come, we'll come. We'll come, especially the charcuterie board. You know. Uh, okay, two more questions. Um, what does prayer time look like as a mom? I would love to hear this from you because I have one son, so it's who's older. So I do have this designated prayer time routine, but I know a lot of listeners have are in the thick of it with young children. So what would you say? Yeah, I would say it always is changing. Mm -hmm. You always Mm -hmm. have to recalibrate. That's kind of like my recalibrate. Like, so for instance, when I had Abby and Zaylee, I was going to daily mass. I've been going to daily mass since I was 18 and I was pregnant with Johnny and Abby and Zaylee were like three and one and a half. And I was pregnant with probably one of the most painful. I don't think my abs came back after Zaylee. Wow. And so I was like in a lot of pain with Johnny at like five months. I Walking was like shooting sharp pains. Mm. And if any of you have young kids, you know that kids can like under the age of reason, like they don't listen. If you're like, come here, sometimes they run. And I was at daily mass with them and like they would shoot off in different directions and I can't run. I'm in such physical pain. God bless you. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I really struggle with thinking like, God, do you Mm. love me still? Mm -hmm. Like that because I'm not going to daily mass. And he was like, are you kidding? Like, do you not know who I am? Mm -hmm. Like you're my daughter. I love you, Jackie, no matter what. And there will be a time that, that you can come back that this can be a part of your mm-hmm. devotion as well again. And I remember listening to Abiding Together and um, Michelle Benzinger said that. And I, saw, wow. I was like, Michelle, I love you. I've, I've known Michelle since I was an, in college, actually. And she said, now that her kids are grown, she's been able to go to daily masses. And so my thing is, it's always going to change. Recalibrate. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times when you feel like all you can do in prayer is like as you're falling asleep, <laughs> like it's reciting a, the rosary and you're falling asleep. Or... Like as you're nursing a baby, you're just mm-hmm. lifting up prayers, you know, interceding. Um, I will say for any of you who have little, little kids, it gets easier as kids get older. And even with us having two older daughters who are nine and seven and a half, being able to watch the baby. Like so I can have – get my coffee Come to the couch and read a section of the Bible. like, And uh, just them seeing you do that is amazing and important yeah. it, that our children are seeing us put God first. Yeah. And I remember hearing that there's three reasons why we need to pray. One, because it's just. God, God deserves our prayers. Second, because it's good for our souls. And third, because our family needs it. Mm, that yeah. the people we interact with need it. Uh, us on our own, we aren't good enough. We need the grace of God to to love our family within us. So that's yeah. beautiful that they see you and see you make that a priority. Yeah. We try to also do, we've been we started with this homeschool year of trying to do a an after dinner devotion. It's beautiful. So I'm trying to do scripture every week that we're memorizing, mm-hmm. and then we do a decade of the rosary because the God bless you who do a whole rosary with your kids. Our kids <laughs> 
Especially post dinner, it's like the sugar, the, the the blood sugar, you know, and they're like running around hitting each other with a rose. We're like, ah. like Abby and Zaley are pretty, you know, good. Johnny and Esther are like fighting, yeah. hitting each other with the rosaries, whatever. And then baby Benny's like, ah. Or, you know. So we try to do an after dinner devotion mm-hmm. as often as we can, which has been really cool. So as a mom, just take, you guys, take Eat, like or be mm-hmm. easy on yourselves because it is hard. It is really yeah. hard. But don't you know, beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. I remember this is reminding me. I I used to go to a CZ as as a single girl, loving it. Spent hours in in prayer in front of you know the different saints on pilgrimages, and then I went back with my husband, Mike, and then Peter, who was fourteen months at the time, yeah. and um, the the priest who had. <laughs> gone with me on Father Rick. Uh-huh. He went on pilgrimages when I was single. And then he's the priest who married Mike and I. And then he was there on this pilgrimage too. And I remember just bouncing Peter in the back, 14 months sweating. Like, <laughs> you know, his toy car just flew at some random woman. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? And I felt that same. I was like, God, like this, this doesn't feel the same. And to remember to pray no matter what you feel too. But I expressed this to to Father Rick and he said, right now as a married person, your adoration is looking in the eyes of Mike, the eyes of Peter and serving them and loving them. This is your vote. This is how we find Christ is in that, that service. The, the face of Christ is within our spouse. This is our, our way to heaven and not to reject that, but to fully enter into our vocations and that's where beauty is found we it's so tempting to think we're meant to to be somewhere else with other people or in a different state of life Mm. when we are meant right here right now the the grace is now beautiful yeah i mean obviously the ideal would be like hey i would love to be adoration for an hour a week Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i i would love to like i love reading but like Mm -hmm. it's funny i watch bobby read he reads like crazy because he reads two pages or one page any moment he can in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh. Whereas like the only time I can read is when I'm in the bathroom. And even yeah. then I have children yelling at me, mom, mom, mom. And I'm like, I just want to go to the bathroom by myself. <laughs> so, okay. Have a goal, have mm-hmm. an ideal and guess what? Be gentle with yourself mm-hmm. that it's not always going to happen. Like it's good to have, if you want to go in the morning, wake up early, have mm-hmm. quiet time. Like I'm trying to go walk to the lake in the mornings and have my quiet time. My kids are like, can we come? Can we come? And I'm like, that's my quiet time. <laughs> and so I'm like, how about you come a couple times a week? And then a couple times I have silence it's with true. the birds and the deer, <laughs> you know, because like I actually want to have my own silent time. But and that is a very good time. I love it nature. Is. So guys, do what you can. Ladies mm-hmm. who are hearing this, moms or even dads, you do what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, guess what? Still loves you because you don't earn God's love. And you can't lose God's love. And doing more doesn't equal God loving you more. Can you hear that? Did you hear that? So many of the scrupulous people who struggle with scrupulosity think if Mm -hmm. I do more rosaries, if I do this more and do this more, God's going to love me more. That's not true. Just bask in it. Bask in his love all day. All day. It's good to have times of silence. It's Mm -hmm. very needed sometimes. Um, But... Bask in his love all day. Mm-hmm. Mother Tre- you know, Mother Teresa, when it came to the scripture verse, pray without ceasing. Wow. Um, St. Paul said, pray without ceasing. And Mother Teresa was like, how can you pray without ceasing? You can't be on your knees at every mm-hmm. moment of the day. Mm-hmm. 
But praying without ceasing is that your whole life is a prayer. Your conversations are mm -hmm. a prayer. Your everything you're doing is offering. The meal you're making, the the clothes you're washing, which is never ending. Um, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's everything so is offered as a prayer. It right? is. But that's the goal. That's at least the mm -hmm. goal. Cool. That's beautiful. All right. Last question, because we could go. I know we could forever. go all day. We could, <laughs> but uh, we can't. Um, okay. How um, how can you be a Catholic woman? Um, with Christian values in today's culture, because it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and someone else said, like, how do you reconnect with virtues to become more graceful, feminine woman? Now, Claire, you are like the epitome Aww. of feminine, graceful, Thank and you. I'm like, so are you? What feminine? No, but I'm like so such a jock. You. Okay, like y'all, <laughs> I'm such a jock, and I'm such. <laughs> I like I was. I was a volleyball player. And I'm like a jock who. Who longs to be like the Grace <laughs> Kelly? I want to be classy. I want to be a classy dame too. Oh, you are. You are. So, but that's what you love talking about with uh, mm -hmm. Finding Phil Say. Like, how do we reconnect with those virtues to become more? Uh, we are women. We are mm -hmm. feminine. So, what would you say to those questions? First of all, each of us are unique and such a gift. So we express that femininity in a unique, beautiful way in the body of Christ. So I can be a jock and so still be you, feminine. You can. You oh my are. gosh. I'm so glad. <laughs> and the saints show that. And that's my answer to this would be to look at the saints, to look at the lives of the saints for inspiration and just to see your unique call. Something else I love to do is to read uh, the World Youth Day messages because mm -hmm. they inspire me so much. And often many of them express that that call to um, manhood or womanhood in such a beautiful way. And it always leaves me so ready to to go out, but to to look at the saints for that inspiration. Look to the woman that you that God has placed in your own life that that radiate that femininity, that gift. Um, Alice von Hildebrand writes a beautiful book on womanhood. There's so many saints that do too. Um, but to see those virtues, and I think of Our Lady, the queen of all saints who embodies femininity, virtue, holiness, and that can truly relate to any woman in any state of life. No other woman can do that yeah. other than Mother Mary. She can. We can relate to her in our singlehood and infertility. She only had one child, you know, secondary infertility. Any woman, woman with many children, we can all relate to her femininity in some beautiful way. Ask her intercession. Um, Our Lady, what yeah. about, what would you say? Well, right now there's the trend of Catholics thinking like to be feminine means to be like a 1950s housewife. And mm -hmm. although girl, we love our 1950s tea dresses, whatever. Okay. Like, Grace Kelly. <laughs> right. I would love if I could I just have custom made all the time, like, mm -hmm. like 1950s. But we're, that's not the epitome of femininity. It doesn't mean we have to be back to 1950s. Exactly. I love what you said. Look at the Joan of Arc. I mean, that girl mm -hmm. led, uh, like she was in, like lead in the battle. She put on men's clothes yeah. to help. It's it's to do God's will. To do God's will, and it's yeah. there is a beauty in the the fifties housewife look, but it's not the fullness of beauty. Right. There's certain aspects we can learn from that, but we are called to this state of life, this time in history. Yeah, and, and virtue, virtue trumps is, is going to go. You know. 
it goes yeah, beyond that. time. So again, you can be the jock like me. You, you could, could be, be wearing rags. Or camo. Exactly. You could be the girl who loves to hunt and fish. And it doesn't mean you're a dude. It means you're an awesome woman. Exactly. You know? You're a gift. Just yeah. if we... To summarize it all, you are a gift. To cultivate beauty look and femininity, look to Our Lady and Christ himself who created you as part of the body of Christ. You are needed and necessary. Yeah, yeah. And in the culture, it is tough because it is. it's constantly telling us just to be objects for use, right? Like, oh, True. your body is just an object. It's a sexual object mm-hmm. and for use, right? This is a very pornified culture. Mm-hmm. And so for us who want to be... Um, we want to be pure of heart, mind, body, and soul, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be childlike. To me, it's just how do we do things with joy? I want to be childlike. I don't want to take myself too seriously. You know, mm-hmm. I don't – just so many things, like virtue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, being like Jesus, being like Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's what you and, – and obviously having friends. Definitely. Having friends who are life-giving, not life-sucking. It's so Friends true. who are joyful. Like I think if you – if you have friends who are just mm-hmm. angry all the time, gossiping all the time, complaining all the time, mm-hmm. that's toxic. And that's, you need friends who inspire you. It's so true. And even older, older men and women who mm-hmm. are like mentors. I remember being 18 and see, God brought some of these moms wow. into my life. And I said, man, I want to be generous like this woman. I want to be gentle mm-hmm. like that woman because I'm not gentle. I'm a brute. Like, no wonder where Esther gets my <laughs> queen Esther gets it from. Um, like, I I just, like, looked at these women like, mm-hmm. I want that to be virtuous like that. Exactly. And it inspired me. So be around people who inspire you. Stop Definitely. following the people who are angry all the time, divisive all the mm-hmm. time. Like, it really helps to root that out of your life. Definitely. And to just be around people who really inspire you. Mm-hmm. And people are like, these are people who are like, I want I want to be like them because that's what I did. I had mentors who I'm like, I want to be mm-hmm. like them. and Who share that common goal of, yeah. of sanctity, who yeah. want that because you'll you'll run together. That We're made for community, hands down. Yeah. Well, Claire Couchy, <laughs> was so great having you on. And you guys, thanks for joining Thank us. Um, I don't even know how long we've been. Bobby's like been walking around with Benny, poor guy, although it's a nice day outside. He's done miles, miles. <laughs> My, he's gotten steps in. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. you for all the um, Instagrammers who responded to us. We're we're going to answer so many of those questions. I'm so grateful. Thank you for those of you who's, who help us on Patreon. It helps us to continue this. Bobby and I love doing this. So thank you so much for your support. Um, also, just a reminder, Bobby is still giving away a free copy of his book to anyone wow. who signs up or is a patron. Um, so yeah, his video game sign up. book. Sign up. All right. Tell your friends. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.